passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. I'm Derek Riley. I'm with Charlie Smith and welcome to Dirty Water, where every opinion is wrapped in warm smiles and welcoming arms. Today on Dirty Water, we've got Beach Grit's number one reporter and tour correspondent, a man who writes from a low chair that bulges around the leg so that if you were to interrupt him at work, you'd think he was in the act of squatting. He lives in the coastal hamlet of Lennox Head, and his great fantasy is to be wrapped in diapers, nursed with a bottle, and burped like an arm baby. I talk, of course, about Mr. Steve Longtom Shearer. Hey, Chad, so let's, um, let's just go through, um, tell me about your book, your new book. So you've got a book, Reports from Hell, at the printers, I imagine. But then yeah. another book, you've got books stacked up to the horizon by Corduroy. Stacked. I mean, that's the, that's the dang thing. Have, have you done, like, I was rolling them out. I thought initially, after I wrote first one, I thought, oh, and started pitching. I mean, right when the Welcome to Paradise was done, I started pitching uh, publisher all kinds of stories. And they're like, no, 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 no. We wait until this one comes out and then we see how it does and then we listen and then whatever. It's like, oh, okay, that's the deal is that you write a book, it comes out, you do the tour for it, whatever, you let it perform and or not perform and then you start on your next one. And so I've done that and then this, I guess after cocaine or I guess after reports, the one coming out uh, or while I was writing it, my agent was like, absolutely not. You should be you should be writing three books at a time. And I was like, oh, okay, better, better get stuff moving through. So yeah, number four now is sold. And I've got the first 1,600 words done. <laughs> so, so tell, uh, for, for uh, Steve and my sake, just tell us the story. What is it about? That you mad cousin, huh? Um, I mean, my cousin is a bank robber who is, I mean, he's in jail right now young enough uh, to hit the record when he gets out of jail. If he starts robbing again, he'll have, I mean, he could probably hit the record in his sleep, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, but it's, my family is wildly a famously evangelical Christian family uh, on I, my uncles and all that. So, and he famously. came out of famously uh, here. I mean, in, in West Coast evangelical cir- yeah. circles, it's a famous thing. family. Yeah. <laughs> It's not at all, but to West Coast evangelicals, I think it is. So yeah, so coming out of this and then this bank robber cousin. So the attempt is going to be at this grand uh, Russian. Yeah, I mean, it'll be nonfiction, but this grand Russian story of family. That's amazing. And so how long have you got to write it? 
Uh, I think they gave me, uh, well, the next one is 2022 release date. So I think I have a year to write it. And what are you, what are you aiming for? Like 60,000, 70,000 words? Reports is 60,000, huh? Reports, I think reports was 75,000. I think this one's slated at 75, but I think I'll reckon I'll be over 100 on this one. Holy shit, so you're 8% through the book if they've written 1,600 words already. 8% done in the, oh. in the, in the bank. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. No, not 8%. Wouldn't it be 0.8%? Oh. 1,600 oh, words? Yeah, no, no, be 8%. Uh, yeah, I, I think it'd be 8%. If you no, no. It, if I have 1,000, it'd be, it'd be... Yeah, and you've written 1,600 words. So I can... More than that, maybe 15%. What? I'm basically done then. Basically done. You might as well just have a holiday. Right? <laughs> <laughs> How many words do reports from hell come in? And I know, I know when I've been writing books, I just watch the word count. Just going, oh, oh my goodness. There's, there's those days too, when you're are all set for myself, a limit of, okay, this is as many words I need to get done this day. And just be staring at that word count in the bottom corner. Just, so I'm going to start writing prepositions now. I'm going to add a lot of prepositions in between sentences. It's cruel. I hate that word count sometimes. When it flows, it's no problem, but yeah. And when you get to about 45,000, you think you're done? Yeah, fuck. I've done 45,000 words, got another 25 or 30 to go. And you look at it, and I always go back and reread the contract. How many words in my contract did I write? Do, do they ever care with you? No, I think, uh, I think the publishing industry in uh, Australia, at least, has so, um, been so gutted by the death of print that um, there's so few people that are so stoked to get, actually get a manuscript completed yep. and on time. Look, I, like, as we've spoken about before, I've always been so surprised at how little they get touched in the, uh, in the editing phase. Yeah, I mean, completely. I've only had minor, I mean, mine go through uh, a whatever, a uh, copywriter, which I don't see that. Like, I'm sure they're just pulling their hair out, trying to sort my utterly nonsensical sentences into proper English. But in terms of the content, it's such minor tweaks of just like, eh, could you explain this a little more or whatever, where I'm always shocked. I mean, I've been shocked each of the, each of the three times now. You like a hard edit though, Chaz? I would, I, I just always expected it. I mean, you know what your expectation, expectation is coming in as like, okay, this is, I'm going to throw my amateur stuff up and then a, expert is going to look at it and give me feedback right yeah uh i but then you really like i think it's dawned on me now there's no expert like it's yeah. like oh if this guy wrote this he meant it and yeah. so let's just if we're confused by it let's ask questions let's not wholesale say this is trash which yeah. that's totally what i was expecting the first one so yeah. that's i wanted that initially but i guess i mean who who is your first editor steve <laughs> I, I I can't tell you my first edit because I really I really can't remember, but I can I can tell you the hard edits. Have you, did you ever submit anything to Surfer magazine? Under Steve, uh, hey, under Steve Hawk? No, it wasn't Steve Hawk. It was um. Oh, who's the guy who's doing the golf magazine now? Oh, uh, the guy at the Surfer Journal now. Um, Brendan, someone? Yeah, Brendan Brendan Thomas. Yeah, but he wasn't the editor. It was another guy, Alex, someone. He might also be at Surface Journal. Oh, Alex. Oh, I remember Alex. Alex. Oh, uh, it's just yeah. the red lines and red ink and uh, like, yeah, hard, hard edits. What would you do with it? Fight it. 
every word for you had to fight for every word then did, See, you, did you fight for your apostrophes and your possessive apostrophes and it's steve which you always put in your fucking story <laughs> fuck every, every fucking time it, it's either it is or it is not yeah yeah no I, don't, I sometimes look at that and go that must be a nightmare for derek to read but i thought well i don't know you got the skills yeah, to fuck fix it. it up haven't you <laughs> i got no skills mate <laughs> I write, I write, it's so funny, Chaz talks about it, and you guys talk about hard edits. First two books didn't get touched. And then I did this private uh, publishing job and I spoke to the client and we agreed that we'd do it first person. So it'd be him telling the story. Yeah. And then, so I wrote the whole thing and then, uh, and I'd sent it to, to various people. Everyone's happy with it. And then wrote the, finished it, goes to the copy editor and she goes, oh, you know what? We, we, I think it'd be really good in third person. With lots oh. of options. And, um, like, fuck, the one time I get a hard edit, I have to rewrite 70,000 words. The entire thing. Yeah. That's and it was so I, I totally agree with it. It was, um, it was a piece of shit before we made it third person. But just to go, okay. And then to go back through and write it. And it ended up being a lot easier to write rather than trying to put words in someone's mouth and trying to make them sound compelling. But it's so funny. The one time I get a hard edit, it's a complete book rewrite. Mm. Mm. That, I mean, I think the thought, I think as a writer the hope that there's somebody out there who knows uh, hovered over me for a long time. Right. And then realizing that nobody knows was more terrifying. Like, and so whatever, but now I guess it's freeing. I mean, who knows, maybe on this, this one, I'll get a hard edit, but yeah. I, I guess on this one, if I get the hard edit, I'll be like, no, 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 no. Yeah. This is, this is what I wrote. This You're is it. For it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's good to have a fight for it, I reckon. Yeah. I would never um, fight Derek Riley over anything, though, because I, I you would. trust you, him. You fought, you fought me for things and sent me references and, and addendums and all sorts of shit, yeah. Have I? Yeah. I always thought I just rolled over whenever you... <laughs> <laughs> I, was too, I was too scared. I remember once I changed, changed some, uh, for shit, some shit for clarity. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Terribly upset, mate. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> so Stevie, you about that. Stevie, you're our number one reporter. You um you sit for days in front of a um a live stream um writing uh Russian literature influence um takes on pro surfing. Do you have any books inside you? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, working on them. How many? How many you got running right now two. on the two. two on the computer? Yeah. Like files? Yeah, words, thousands. You're not thousands of words on each. So what, what, what are the subjects? Uh, the subject is uh, sharks and, and a memoir. Do you need uh, f- read the sharks? Do you need any uh, expert opinion? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll just be lifting your stuff wholesale, Chaz. Just <laughs> <laughs> tell us, tell us what your shark book's about. Um, it's just about. Um, Sharks. Well, it's called predatory disruption. So it's, uh, it's just about what happened around here and, you know, and, and then just the sort of fitting into the, you know, this, um, you know, the great white sharks kind of become like the modern, modern sort of dolphin, hasn't it? it it's become the, it's, the it's sort as of, beloved as the dolphin. Yeah. It's become the sort of poster animal of, of a certain sort of segment of society. So I'm just trying to figure out how it got there and, you know, what it actually is and where the science is at. Sorry. Do you have it sold? No, 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 no. 
How, how was it? I mean, this sounds, this sounds, I hate, I'm not one to blow smoke except for you, I guess. I blow smoke your way all day, every day. You, seeing you in your, what is that kind of hat called again? Derek, a page boy? <laughs> I think it's a uh, flat hat. It is. Yeah. Dr- <laughs> drinking out of a paper bag is almost too much. I feel like we're almost not only pre-COVID, but pre-Great Depression, 1940. <laughs> It's like grapes of wrath, isn't it? Yeah, it's it so true, so true. If you only knew, Chaz, if you only knew. How can, but, you, how can you write a book with no promise of an advance? I mean, that's the thing, but all you need, Steve, that like mm. you've already you've already got me on your advance. I mean, mm. all you need to do is your one sheet on this, and this thing mm. is sold, right? Mm. Have you not thought about selling it, or do you want to write it first? Yeah, I want to write it first. You want would- to, or you just you think that's what you have to do? Uh both. That's not the way nonfiction works, FYI. Yeah, how's it work? You, all you do is sell a concept. Right. Who do I sell it to? Uh, Derek. <laughs> uh, get an agent. And, yeah, uh, but Derek, Derek has an Australian agent. A fine. Oh wait. Yeah, she's amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah and, and an agent now. I yeah, and forgot. Her her, uh, her dad was the um, one of the world's great essayists. Oh Mr. really? Yeah, and a sonophile, uh, Louis Rickman. Oh. What did he write under? He wrote under a pseudonym. Um, James is going to check it out, but um, my agent's name is John Rickmans, and her dad was this great yachtsman, incredible Mm. essayist. And I remember reading on um, on you know literature sites from England to say how this guy's the greatest essayist, and she just contacted me purely because she um, did uh, Charlie's book on Australia, Welcome to Paradise. Now fuck off, and uh, she just loved me to write a book because because Charlie's book did so well, and that's how that's how my little uh, journey started. It's who you know, I mate. Love what you know. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and now you knew and now you know Derek, Steve. But that's yeah. literally all you need. Don't stop yeah. writing your damn book and just write a glossy pitch. Okay. All right. That's it. <laughs> that's Not it. fiction. But real quick, I want to ask both of you, mm. now that we're all here, now that we're all together, do you ever feel you are lesser than for not writing a proper uh, fiction novel? Do you, do you think the novel, the fictionalized novel, is the height of literature? Yeah, I, I think so, yeah. And the I, fact I, that I do too. Yeah, yeah, that I've written three or four um, nonfiction books, I feel like I, I can't be accepted as any, any form of writer. Even though I, I think of myself as a writer, I feel like I can't put it on my LinkedIn account until I write a fiction book. And okay. I, actually wrote, I actually wrote a novella about 15 years ago called uh, Sweet Like Crude. And it was all about um, a young man on the Gold Coast, and it's divided into the seasons. So there's the um, there's the cyclones, and then there's winter, and then there's the um, the October season, the flat spell, and the northerlies. That's right. It's called it's called cyclone season, the northerlies, and winter. I think, and it's just about the um, you know changing lives and pregnancies and abortions and uh, fighting and disasters. It's a bit. Was it was a bit awesome. JT. It's a bit JT Leroy. It was a bit. It was a bit Southern Gothic, and I read it again. Oh, fucking hell! I can't believe how much I, I uh, ripped off fucking JT Leroy and Carson McCullers and and all those uh, kind of writers. And it's funny because in Australia, there's a book going going mad called um, "Boys Swallow the Universe," and uh, it's by a, by a guy called Trent Dalton. And I read it, and it was so Southern Gothic, and it was so Carson McCullers, and it was so JT Leroy. I thought, fucking, I want to dust off Sweet Like Crude. And get it out there, but I'm just too lazy to um, rewrite it. But, but you should, I mean, don't even re- rewrite it, I bet. 
I bet it would sail right now. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, but you know, you get up in the morning and you do your push ups, go oh. for your surf, have your black coffee, <laughs> and then it's time to pick the kids up from school and you're done. Yeah. I mean, but and, and dusting off an old work, that's why I throw each one of my old computers into the closet. And unfortunately, they'll, they'll never be cracked because I can't remember whatever stupid <laughs> password is on each one, even though I try not to put a password on any of them. But like any old work the th- is torturous going back in and touching old work. Yeah. yeah. Oh, everything's so fucking flowery. It's fucking full of, uh, it's like reading um, a child's, child's work. But, but then having said that, any word of mine that doesn't get sold, it just, just cuts me to the fucking, to my bones. I hate it. But but Steve, yeah. the novel, the novel as the mm. height. I mean, the yeah. fiction novel as the height mm. of literature. No. Yeah. No. No, I don't see it like that. Nonfiction. You think? Has... I think the essay. I think I. I just like. I just love the old school essay. I think the essay. I, and, and I'm and I'm just ripping that off because I read it somewhere. Oh, I know where I read it from. You pronounce this for me, Derek. Michelle Welbeck. Oh, <laughs> how good is Michelle Welbeck? Yeah. Okay. Welbeck. Jimmy Sions is great. So he so he was questioned. He asked someone asked him about about his novel Submission, right? Mm-hmm. And and said, oh, you know, you you you're a provocateur. You're creating all this shit. And he said, no, nothing the novelist does makes a difference. It's only the essayist who actually makes a difference in the end. The and essayist. Went, yes. Where are essays being published right now? No. Or being oh, read? Knows. Who knows? Beach Grit? Yeah. Beach Grit's the last home of essays. <laughs> All we do is run essays. We're so, we're so old media, new media. <laughs> what essay can I run today? Long Tom, can you give me a thousand word essay? Oh. It's like, um, it's like assignments for old people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, like, you know, it's like the, um, I'm, not sure you, I'm not sure if you read it, um, Steve, because he's your bet noir, if we're going to stick on the Welbeck kind of theme, the French theme. Did you read Nick's um, 2000 word essay on his 98 um, Christensen? No, I'm too jealous to read it yet. Talk, tell me about, tell me about your jealousy. With oh, me. I, love, <laughs> I love your little blood feud with Nick, with uh, Nick Carroll. It's amazing. Yeah. It just drives me crazy. Give, it, no, give, us, give us the history. Oh, where does it go? God, we used to write letters to each other, like sit down oh. and write a letter and put it in the mail. Like, Bitchy, I used to write bitchy letters to him. Well, well dear, dear Nick, mood apathetic. My life is spiraling. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> because, you know, he's always been such a pro surfer whore and I'd be always like writing these letters to him saying, oh, my fucking underground mates are blah, blah. I don't know. I can't remember what they were, but we used to write letters to each other. That makes me so happy. Yeah. Have you, have you had a... Like a cow. You, Everyone loves it. Have you had a a brown paper bag beer with Nick Carroll ever? No, he doesn't drink beer. He drinks white wine. He's oh, a Chardonnay drinker. Nick Carroll should come straight to my house right now. Yeah, yeah. little man. I could hide him under my bed, even though that's, it's on the floor. He's yeah, so little. That's why we. That's another reason he pisses me off. He's, I, how I, real quick? I don't. I do not understand seeing the picture that accompanied uh, Nick Carroll's gun review. Mm-hmm. Him and Tom standing beaming by their guns. Yeah, how they were both not cast in The Hobbit. Like, <laughs> I uh, like, are those are they not 
both shrinking and getting happier with time. Like, yes. I just want to see him do yeah. little <laughs> little hobbit jigs, both of them, <laughs> both the two of them. Because honestly, also, I don't know that seeing that picture, both him and Tom in that picture, that board was not 9-6. That board was like 6-9, probably. <laughs> and, and Nick and Tom are both 2-4. <laughs> But physically, physically, they're both pretty magnificent. Specimens. You could put them under a micro. You could literally put them both under a microscope and yeah. examine their beautiful. So when, you know when you were at the, when you were at um, Surf Ranch, right? You yeah. were there with Nick, right? Yeah. Yeah. So did you feel inadequate when Nick dropped his shirt and like got the got the rig out? You went, "Fuck! This is a sixty-year-old man. He's in better shape than me." Uh, well, well, yeah. I, I hang from a chin-up bar fucking every day, Stevie. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you didn't? You thought no, no, I, 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 I got this? No beauty to no man. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Nick also, like he was Chaz is ripped up, uh, wrapped up in Montclair um, puffer jackets. Sorry about. Yeah. I was, but it's also hard to when you see somebody that comes up to your waist. Mm. Like, it's really hard to judge. Like, yeah. I mean, he's like a beautiful pit bull. Nick Carroll yeah. is like well muscled <laughs> and all that, but it's like, oh, look at that thing. Yeah. But it's not human. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's Caroline, and you can ask him anything. It's like Google. It's like um, you know, hello Google or Alexa, whatever the fuck it is. You go, hello Nick, tell yeah. me about the stars and the way the stars move, the tides move, and do this, and then Nick will yeah. tell you something fabulous about it. Yeah, the, yeah. The, I mean, in but real life, in real life, without the even best referencing anything, and he has a notebook and a pen. Yeah, and also the best part about that whole thing was Nick got force got gang raped on his last wave. Who was mm -hmm. it called? He had one wave left. It was the end of the day, yeah. and was was it Vaughn? Who was yeah, the Vaughn, called party Vaughn, wave? Yeah, Vaughn outpatted him and, and dropped. And Nick Nick couldn't get it. It was the last wave of the day, and it was a yeah. party wave. And, yeah. and, and some somebody called party wave. So, but yeah. Nick did get it. But yeah. got it so late that everybody else just dropped in on him and called Party Wave. Nick and everybody else was celebrating that uh, wasn't that fun. The last wave of Surf Ranch, Surf yeah. Journalist Day was a Party Wave. And Nick was just steaming in the corner like that yeah. was not supposed to be a Party Wave. That was yeah. supposed to be the wave that I showed everyone yes. what I could do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, was, that was a beautiful moment. That uh, was a, such a beautiful moment. <laughs> it was, and then we all disrobed, went into the spa with Sal and... Yeah. Sal Masekeller and Nick Carroll and Sean Doherty yeah. and Vaughn Blakey. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Who was holding court there in that company? Hmm. I don't know. Who was holding court, Chaz? Uh, in my memory. Sal, surely. No, Sal was, Sal was, I think Sal wasn't supposed to be there. And so Sal was fairly circumspect. I felt like. He was eating you remember? bars the whole time. He didn't know. Huh? He was, he was eating protein bars the whole time. Yeah, he was he was quiet like quiet and training and yeah, Sal wasn't. It was I mean, honestly, Vaughn stole the whole show for me. Vaughn seeing Vaughn in person, Vaughn owned the room. Yeah. yeah Vaughn tends to um tends to take a room. Yeah. It was it was like no, and I think most of us obviously in the profession realize that when a star is shining as bright as Vaughn. You better bring your A game if you're going to try to eclipse. And I felt yeah. nobody thought that I could eclipse this. I mean, I we, 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 just, we just sat in the audience, happy to take it all in. Us completely. I was so, and that's the damn thing too, is being being obscure and silly, and just being able to shut your mouth felt so good. Just let somebody else have the show. 
felt wonderful. And Vaughn took the first wave, you know, that super glassy first wave, and he surfed it beautifully. And yeah, you know, he's such a such a good surfer, and he's such a smart guy. And yeah, he's a, he's, he's a wonderful man. It's funny that um, what's that uh, what's that show he does with Ronnie? Do you know what's there? Yeah, dropping, dropping. Yeah, yeah. I saw it. He does a, he does a podcast day. with Vaughn with Ronnie now. He does a TV show. What the hell? Yeah, so he does end that swell, which is incredible, and I think it's the um, sure. I think it's the high mark of Australian surf culture. You know, they. they I really mean, I think it's. Culture. I think ain't that swell is the high water mark of surf podcast culture in general, right? Yeah, yeah, or, I think so. Yeah, full stop. Yeah, but um, yeah, but, but he does this show with Rod, and it's funny because the dynamic between them, the older brother and the younger brother, but the younger brother ostensibly, I guess, more materially successful because he's WSL yes, commentator. Rod's the younger brother. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So yeah. I, would, I would have never known that. There you go. I mean, Vaughn, Vaughn has such uh, older brother, happy-go-lucky Vaughn. I mean, I guess happy-go-lucky is not necessarily a mark of the older brother, is it? Do you know the younger brother that's happy-go-lucky and I hear you. ignored by the parents? Are you the younger brother? Yeah. I'm the middle. Uh, you're the Jan. Middle child. I'm the Jan. I'm the Jan who's, yeah, yeah, not, not <laughs> well-loved. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, Steve? You got any brothers and sisters? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm an older brother. Older brother. I oh, see so you're sensible and smart and save you money. I'm the older brother. Yeah. 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 I've got a younger brother and we've got a, uh, yeah, it's a pretty intense relationship. What, intense fighting. Mm, yeah. Yeah. We've been through all that. Oh, Could... fighting that, that reminds me, well, it didn't remind me, it reminded James next to me of um, Chaz's wonderful story about seeing a surf fight. Oh. And, can I, can I read Chaz's little excerpt? Because it was very, very funny. It made me happy. <clears throat> um, Chaz's sorted surf fire. And the, this is the quote. The chubby 30-something splashed the nondescript 40-something in the face. The nondescript 40-something returned fire and splashed the chubby 30-something in the face. The chubby 30-something went back for seconds. The nondescript 40-something, not willing to concede, went back for seconds too. And then it went full on. Mm. Both splashing each other in the face from two feet apart for a solid 30 to 40 seconds. No punches, no pushes, just rage field splashing for a weirdly long time. Yeah. I'd never seen anything so positively wonderful. Both had their eyes closed, lips pursed in order to yeah. keep salt water out. How good is that for surf fight? <laughs> it was, I could not, witnessing it, I could not believe that I was so lucky. I mean, obviously, con content is king, as we all know. Yeah. And like, I mean, rare, rarely am I going around thinking, what's the story? But sitting there watching it, two grown men splashing each other in the face yeah. for an seriously long time i had yeah. never seen something so magical were they yelling no nothing no, splashing like silently. this like just silently yeah. like and i was thinking the first guy that got like i watched the whole thing right i watched i was sitting out the back watch guy drop in on the wave storm guy like because you could see everything the, on your mid length couldn't you you're sitting 10 i was floating so <laughs> That damn mid like I'll tell you what, is changed my surfing though, Derek Riley. I mean, I'm no you or long time, but I, like I'm learning to rip on that thing. Like, <laughs> I surf, I feel somewhere near Craig Anderson now, just all tuck kneed and flowy. And yeah, but anyway, I'm sitting there, really a perfect view, high view, uh, watching the whole thing. Guy drops in. I mean, redhead teenage kid drops in on a wave storm. Gets dropped in on. Redhead kid doesn't care. He's redheaded and on a wave storm. But then the other two cared. 
And then watching them on the inside thinking, when I saw the first splash, I was like, oh, this guy's going to either get punched or pushed. There's got to be some physical response to a splash in the face. Yeah. When the response was a splash in the face, and then the response to the splash in the face was a splash in the face, and then it went just back and forth, I was yeah. thinking, what in the world? How, yeah. like, how do you have any kind of respect for yourself after getting into a splash fight? So <laughs> how do you account for that? Like, I think, so I saw them after it was, I didn't write about this part, but after it was all done, they, you know, they went off huffing and gruffing, whatever. Mm. And then one paddled over to make peace with the other one. Yeah. Uh, this is like, you know, whatever, 20 minutes later. Um, and they had some conversation like, uh, yeah, you know, I'm just stressed or whatever. I don't, I didn't overhear what they actually said. Then they paddled away. But then I did hear the one who initiated it, the stupid 30 something on the round nose mini mal uh tell his buddy like oh man that guy was just telling me he wanted like good vibes in the water but f that guy and whatever and like what you were splashing him in the face like (laughs) how can you be a tough guy like f that guy bro after honestly you had every opportunity to punch the man it would have been really embarrassing all of it was really embarrassing but you to justify i mean i wish i had pictures I wish that I had a GoPro at that moment just to get, yeah, mug shots of both of them so they could both live in infamy forever because it was a glorious moment. <laughs> is, everyone, is everyone so terrified of uh, litigation and uh, and the police in America? Is that why? No, 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 no. I think that I think that here at least the natural instinct is so sissy that mm. physical altercation. I think in Australia it's different. Here I think. Physical altercation. These guys probably haven't been in a fight, a physical fight in their entire lives. Wouldn't even know the first thing about doing it. And so they can try to justify however they want. But I think the why punches weren't thrown. If you're, if you're going to splash a grown man in the face, that's way more emasculating throwing a punch. And so the fact they don't throw punches is purely, they don't even know how. Yeah. That's so, so, so fucking sad. I mean, it's, it's very sad. I don't, since speech grid is antidepressive, I made it a positive story. But, <laughs> but well, the, the you, you, must, you must have seen a few blues. I know you don't like to talk about Lennox because you're getting all sorts of trouble. Yeah. But uh, let's, uh, beyond, beyond Lennox head and blues. beyond all those things, have you seen any good surf fights? Yeah, yeah. I've seen, I've seen quite a few. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Tell, tell, tell us your favorite. Oh, I saw one in Hawaii that went from the water to dry land. And went for about, I don't know, my memory's probably sort of exaggerated it, but I'm sure it went for about 17 hours. It was just, (laughs) (laughs) it was going from like venue to venue. It was like a sort of movable MMA sort of ring. They'd sort of, it was like, you know, this massive, big, it looked like a US Marine, sort of had a buzz cut, looked like a linebacker, just a, and this huge Hawaiian guy. And they were just, they'd just come together and they were just, just trading blows and they'd get on the ground and, you know, there'd be people in a circle. There'd be sort of girls screaming, coming in, trying to, and then they'd sort of break (coughs) apart and then they'd move down the road about 20 yards and then they'd start again. And it was just, you know, it's just, no one could get over the top of each other. It was just, they were just so evenly matched. They were all just bloodied up and, 
and then it would just start again. I, I can't even remember how it broke apart. I think it just eventually they just both well, got tired of it. after 17 hours. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> surprised Jerry Lewis wasn't it there. It might have gone for three Reason weeks. Money. I'm not sure. Here's the money for spastics. <laughs> <laughs> you want to eat your money? We're going to fight for 24 hours straight. <laughs> yeah, and I'll send a few in the water. Like, yeah, Steve. Must you must send a few blues. Obviously, not, not at Lennox because we can't no. drink Lennox. But um, actually, while we're talking about Lennox, while we're yeah. not talking about Lennox, what about the big rescue there the other day? Because the yeah, surf's yeah. been pumping in Australia. It's been 10 foot, yeah. 10 to 15 foot. Yeah. There's a, um, and there's a very good way that Dave Rastovich was surfing in the Lennox vicinity. Yeah. So a big rescue went down, didn't it, Stephen? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was my friend... Um, Dan and and so it was it was big it was like eight ten foot and he snapped his leg rope and the current just sucked him across the bay and at the other end of the bay of, of this sort of beach that you get to the cliffs of Lennox and so this guy realized quickly realized that he wasn't going to be able to get to the beach and then he thought well I'm just going to go out and I'm going to swim all the way around the Lennox cliffs and come in so he's He's got his head round. I'm going to have about a mile swim in open ocean in 10 foot surf. And he's calm. He's, he's okay with that. And then all of a sudden he just got caught in this eddy and he's in the impact zone in like 10 to 12 foot surf in front of this cliff face. He's gone, well, I, I, I can't get out of here. And he managed somehow to sort of scramble up onto this cliff and, and, and sort of got, got to safety and someone saw him and they helicoptered him out. So it was pretty, pretty good survival story. Do you, do you think he wanted to get helicoptered out? No, no, no. He didn't know. He, all he knew he was on the cliff and then he was thinking, I rang him up and spoke to him. He was thinking, right, now I'm going to have to get up this cliff. cliff. That's the only way to safety. So he had sort of started sort of rock climbing up this vertical cliff face. And then he saw the chopper and, um, and, you know, then he realized that he was about to get rescued. How frustrated w- would you be if you had already purposed in your mind to do an epic cliff crawl? Yeah. And then all of a sudden a chopper's there. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you want, I mean, <laughs> almost want to wave it away and just come on, le- let me see this thing out. Yeah. Yeah. There would be some part of you that might think that. But... I would, and or what would you do in that point? I mean, let's pretend no chopper's coming and you had a horrible cliff climb. Wouldn't you just, I mean, I myself would just sit and wait until the surf calmed down. I would just try to sleep on my <laughs> cliff for 20 hours to sleep. Yeah, and then just jump back in and swim in once, once the big waves were finished. Yeah, I would have swum. I would have jumped back in and tried to swim. I would have stripped yeah. out of the wetsuit. And, and just gone nude and then because he couldn't get out of the impact zone because the buoyance of his wetsuit, he couldn't, you know, get under the, that's what he said to me anyway. He said he, he thought about stripping down and taking his wetsuit off. It's like a hypothermia, but then I thought it's probably 23 degrees of water up there. How was that? Yeah, yeah it's still toasty. Yeah. yeah. And if you're swimming the whole way, you want to sort of, you know, you want to be, you want to be free, right? And then it would have been good for your book is your dick would have got bitten off by a great wire. <laughs> <laughs> then, I doubt near, that. No, near, I doubt that. Near, near a book about sharks written by a eunuch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even in 23 degree water, I doubt that Great White would be able to find it. It'd be shriveled up, wouldn't it? <laughs> so when when you um, when you spoke to your mate Dan, he's on the cliff. Yeah. 
did he uh, was he able to was he able to lucidly sort of talk about um the his uh, about what you know dying and all that sort yeah. of thing? Yeah. He and said he was really calm and then he did have this moment where he sort of he described it as a really sort of just completely empty feeling where he thought, no, I'm not going to get out of this. This is it. I'm, I'm, I'm done. You know, when he was, when he realized he was trapped and the only way he could get up the cliff and there's like 20 foot of white water smashing against his cliff face, he thought he was going to get absolutely, he, he thought he was going to die. And, you know, and then he sort of just, I don't know how he managed to do it. Like, to get in and climb up a cliff when 20 foot of white water is smashing into it is a pretty amazing effort. And I think, I think, you know, to, cause people hear that and they go, fuck 20 foot of white water, sure it was, it's probably four foot, but mm. it, was a, it was a significant swell. It was a big, oh, it was so big, much water moving the around. In Sydney were 15 foot. And yeah. Nick was riding on a nine foot eight Chris Christensen. Twiggy model. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was a, there was an incident here a few years ago where there was, where was three, there was these three um, backpackers, right? Two Irishmen and an Englishman. And they'd, they'd been on this, <laughs> they'd done this surf coaching course, right? So they're now like qualified surf coaches. And on a similar size swell, they went surfing at Tallows. And of course, you know, instantly that massive rip and cozy corner just sucked them out to sea. And, you know, the same thing happened. One of the guys, managed to scramble up a cliff. Another one sort of got swept right around Cape Byron and one of the other Irish guys just got demolished at the base of the cliff and they just never found him. Done. Yeah. Never found the body. So, I mean, you know, it's heavy. Hey, did you see that, you know, a big story in uh, Sydney, something we ran with and uh, I think also Swanet did was um, the rock jump in uh in Sydney. Did you see that? The Val tries to jump off the rocks and he's so persistent. Yeah. You know, it's, Overhead high, the white water coming towards. He's trying to throw his board over. He gets washed back. Tries again, and again, and again, and again, and again. And then he finally gets out, and you realize he can't even can't even paddle. Yeah. Yet he's trying to rock jump into, um, you know, obviously eight to ten foot surf. You must have seen some very good rock jumps at Lennox Head. Oh, for sure. God, just the last week alone, the last two weeks. It's strange because the whole coronavirus thing, like that whole segment of sort of like Val backpacker. It's kind of went missing. I like, I don't know. Were they down in Sydney? Yeah, all over Sydney. Right. Every, because they just disappeared from here. They were just gone. Like, yeah. you know, they were clearing out the car parks. So, like, the cops were clearing out the car parks, and and then all of a sudden, just bang! They just here they were on mass again. So you know, like, just backpackers standing on the rocks with like fire wires, and then all of a sudden, just the set comes and just, <laughs> you know, it's just like. What's that? At least their dam- bamboo veneer surfboards don't get damaged. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they did. But yeah, no, it was just chaos. <laughs> was it, what's, your worst, what's your worst rock job? Oh, I, I, I've never been like that badly hurt, but I've just, every single board I've got, it's always had the fins snapped off. It was just, they just loose fins galore i mean i got washed off the rocks fishing at night that was the worst rock jump i've had but that wasn't a rock jump that was just a, <laughs> a rock fishing incident <laughs> what are you Chaz? have you had any um, rock fails yeah and uh i we just talked about it with the old wade goodall on sam tajboro sam mcintosh board 
And uh, I think it was Bond. It must have been Bondi. Oh, where no, no one's ever had a rock file at Bond. I thought you just rode <laughs> up under the rocks or something. No one's ever. No one's ever been in. It might have been. It might have been. It might have been Tama or something. It might. It was. Maybe, it was. Tama, yeah. It was somewhere right there where I just mistimed it and jumped into like I basically jumped onto the rock, <laughs> and so it was all fine. Like I just jumped onto the rock and then just screwed i didn't break the fins out or anything so just hurried up and paddled out of the lineup and surfed uh and then came in and realized just looked at my foot and it was just like hamburger blood like and then yeah that was it i must have kicked the rock like in my embarrassment to get away i must have done a kick paddle uh and kick paddled and must have just kicked the rock and so yeah it's sam's lovely it was the girl who used to live with sam uh, Remember the the uh, his his border? It was the whose border was. It was the girl who lived in one of his extra bedrooms. Uh, patched me up, and I felt so embarrassed. Like I was like, oh, who cares? My, I mean, my foot was. Yeah, I should have probably had. I thought, I thought you said patched me up, like kissed you. No, no, no. I mean, she she patched me up. Yeah, I should have, but I was so embarrassed during the whole process of like the whole thing should have just been amputated and just call it a day. But uh, <laughs> uh, she. Yeah, lovingly put a band-aid on, and I thought that was just straight up embarrassing. I was <laughs> mortified. Yeah. My uh, my my worst rock jump was uh, when I first moved to the Gold Coast as a teenager, and uh, Kira was pumping back when Kira was Kira, mm-hmm. and a big grind. Darren Hanley, most beautiful man in surfing at, yeah. in the nineteen nineties, yeah, just came fucking dancing up rock rock grind like he knew every single rock. It was it was poetry. And he danced over every rock and just jumped into a cyclone swell. And he'd, he'd wait for a set. It was amazing. He'd wait for a set, jump into it and catch the first wave. It was so good. I went, oh, okay, cool. I'll follow him. So I sort of staggered slowly across the rocks and then waited, waited for the set and then jumped into it and just got fucking just creamed against the groin. And then I was panicked and I tried to swim against the... We did everything wrong that you see kids do when they're in a, um, you know, a difficult situation took my leash off and my, my little rusties is wedged in the rocks and I'm clinging onto the fucking rocks and my feet are bleeding. And, uh, so fucking embarrassing. It's the worst. A, a bad rock, rock jump, I reckon, is more embarrassing than any other thing in surfing. Yeah, yeah and, you, and you see it because it's, um, you know, people's minds go against all kind of laws of uh, logic. Yeah. There's a set coming, you jump into it, you jump over yeah. it, you get in the water and you paddle away. Yeah. You panic and you run back and then you, yeah. you know, those things and you, oh, 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 indecision just gets you. You're either in or you're out. There's no yeah. in between and rock jumps. Any response to that, Stevie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's actually one of my favorite things to do, actually. I was just thinking when you asked that question last time about luxuries, um, you know, one of my very greatest luxuries is, you know, when the point's pumping. If I'm done, is I'll just, just go sit there for hours and just watch the rock jumps and it's just oh. so entertaining. Burley Head says that same attraction too. Yeah, yeah, you can just sit there and it's just the carnage, like the Schadenfreude and just, and you know, and then there's always the possibility that there might be an actual genuine rescue. You might have to scramble down and, you know, grab some Japanese girl off the rocks or something like, you know, they, they happen. Genuine, genuine it's rescues. Hard. You're always laughing too hard when someone's bouncing across the rocks back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, it's just like... And they're like, they're like they're like dogs who've been hit by cars. There's so much shock that no one yeah. collapses or anything, even though they're fucking bleeding from um, yeah. a inch of skin. And like, everyone kind of gets out eventually, and just shaking and paddles down. But yeah, like a, bull, a pit bull that's been hit by a car, let's keep going for a while. And they yeah. go home and die. It's, yeah. The the rock jump is a tr- a truly Australian thing, though. It's funny you'd think yeah. that coast would be coast, but yeah. 
West Coast doesn't have rock jumps. I mean, West yeah. Coast, United States does not have rock jumps like Australia. Yeah, it's more and of an Australian feel, thing. I feel every Australia, every good Australian wave is more or less a rock jump, right? Yeah. Uh, I can't think of one. Maybe there's some up in Santa Cruz that are rock jumpy, but there's not one down here. Like Southern yeah. California, all the way up to, yeah, Santa Cruz. There's not one. I guess every as low as you have to stagger across the pebbles. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you stagger across the pebbles. You can maybe get rolled up onto the pe- onto the mossy pebbles at lowers. What about Mavericks? Oh, what about Mavericks? You have to jump off some rocks to get at Mavericks, huh? I don't think so. I think you go down to the beach. I think there's a little beach down there below the cliff, and you just paddle from there. Just just paddle around the Great Whites. Huh? I mean, I think it's a it's a giant. It's a seven mile paddle around. 18,000 great whites, but aside from that, I think you're good. <laughs> hey, Stevie, you wrote about uh, the Queensland wave pools riding a COVID wave of uh, taxpayer funding. Yeah. And uh, Queensland, of course, has um, one wave pool, which is um, the experimental plunger in Yapoon, Queensland, and it has the proposed um, billion dollar Kelly Slater development. Um, talk us about the uh, riding the wave of COVID funding. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, obviously Queensland is a tourism oriented state, you know, it's a massive part of the economy. And so I think, you know, there's an opportunity. I I don't know which is the chicken and which was the egg, but I I suspect that, you know, the wave pool operators have gone to the Queensland government and say, you know, like if you sort of back us or give us tax concessions, you know, we'll, we'll put these facilities there that are going to, you know, bring tourists back to the state and, you know, get the economy going again. And so, you know, there, there's just a sort of a perfect confluence of interests there for the wave pool developers to get their hands on this sort of massive proposed infrastructure spending, which they're going to have to, you know, pump into the economy to get people back to work again. What about the, um, you know, when the um, slated uh, wave pool was getting, you know, uh, slated for the, for the Sunshine Coast? Yeah. Um, it was a $100 development. I mean, $100, $100 million. <laughs> yes, I'm feeling $100. I mean, $100. I'll have 10 of those. Yeah. <laughs> uh, $100 million development. <clears throat> and then uh, miraculously, it morphed yeah. into a billion dollar development a couple of weeks later. Hey, yeah. Can you, just, can you uh, explain those mathematics? Best as I can tell, so when they first proposed it in the original press release, it was, you know, they, it was the, the wave pool and, you know, a, a, a bit of tourism facility, maybe some sort of eco lodge. And then a couple of weeks later, I think, you know, then they slotted in this sort of massive residential canal estate and, and that's where the billion dollars came from. So I, I think, you know, the wave pool has always been the, the sort of Trojan horse to get this huge canal estate. That's, that's where the money is. It's in, their, it's in their, um, their website. You know, if you read through the little FAQs, they'll, they'll say something, oh, it's not financially viable without this huge canal estate attached to it. So it's just the shiny little bobble to, you know, get the canal estate through. Because a billion dollars, you know, a thousand million is... Yeah. It is a billion dollars. So the houses are probably what, 600 grand? So it's, it's a couple of thousand houses, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's huge. So Six, it's, 600 grand? 600 grand a house? Be average? No, no, no. 800, a million. On the Sunshine Coast and uh, back of fucking Coolum? Yeah. Jesus, Harvey Christ. <laughs> totally. 
What a what a housing bubble we live in Australia, Stephen. Oh, it's incredible, isn't it? But okay. So you reckon once all the houses are sold, right? Yeah. They make their money. They got yeah. this wave tank that is still an energy suck. Even yeah. say, do you think they just turn it off and say, oh yeah, sorry, wave, <laughs> the pool is broken for the year. Like, I mean, what's your incentive to keep the damn thing running once all the houses are sold? Yeah, well, you know, the, a lot of the, the real cynical argument a lot of people say is, well, the, the wave pool will never get built. You know, it'll just be something that's just promised into a forever receding future. It's sort of be like, oh yeah, the wave pool's coming next year, the wave pool's coming and, you know, or else it'll be something that's there and, you know, they'll just turn it on once or twice a year to run a QS event in or something. I don't know. I mean, they promised all the, you know, the WSL's promised that's going to be a competition venue. I mean, what, what, what competitions could they have there? You couldn't have a QS in a wave pool, could you? I mean, apparently three weeks. Apparently, Ultimate Surfer just got fast tracked shooting in July. Now, yeah. uh, the uh, here the CBS or NBC or whatever it is show. Yeah. Um, and so, if they're doing that, maybe Ultimate Surfer Australia is coming. Maybe they're just yeah. the venue for reality shows to get, you know, teenage beauties to fight. That makes sense. I mean, it it makes more sense than anything else that's happening right now, to be honest. But they couldn't, they couldn't use it as a competition venue, could they, Derek? I uh, mean, they couldn't have a CT there, could they? CT in the Sunshine Coast? Yeah, at the Wave Pool. Of course you could. You've, um, you've written um, many thousands and thousands of words about the uh, Wave Pool event in Lamore, California. Yeah. And you loved every second of it, every, every minute, every second, hours and hours and hours and hours of the same wave being repeated again and again and again. <laughs> 30 second tubes in every wave. Yeah. Except well, I, think, we- I, I feel that Elo's, I think Elo just progressed the whole thing. Yeah. Did you see Steve, his barrel stance? No, I didn't. I, I saw it. I, I thought, fuck, he did all right. It's pretty hard to get into that weird little backside tube at uh, Kelly's pool. But it, it felt to me like he had done, he honestly, everybody had been, Elo has been for the last, let's say he's been watching surf things for a year, right? Yeah. I mean, what he's considered himself a surfer for longer than that, but it feels like he threw away every single thing he thought about or everything he had seen about getting barreled, everything he had heard about getting barreled. And somebody just told him, Hey, forward on your board, both feet parallel facing forward, lean into it slightly, basically sit down, basically goat boat the thing and you can get barreled. And that's what he did. And got spat out goat boating. Derek, were you impressed? It was pretty much like Skyler the surfing dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's two little, paw, two little paws up the front. <laughs> and he got, uh, but I, you know, I, I watched it and he's properly tubed. And it is he's hard, pretty deep. And it's hard to get, hard to get tubed on that thing. And he's got, his, got his board that, I don't know what that fucking thing is that he's riding. It's, it's like it's about. It's one of the Kelly things. Five by, by it's three and three. and humongously wide. It's, it's bizarre, but he's, but he's probably on his board at the beach and, and he gets chewed briefly. So his, his moment of celebration, that glorious moment, I think is well-deserved. The, the problem for me is when I thought more about it though, does it count as a tube if you can't stand to your feet afterwards? Because he had got himself in a position where he could not physically stand after. He was m- mostly sitting, right? His back leg was, he could not have gotten to his feet. If you can't stand up after your barrel, is it a tube? I don't, I don't think any wave pool tube is a tube. Sure, I think it's but a, that aside, 
that all aside, if you can't stand up after a tube, like let's say he was at pipe, let's say John John Florence got, I mean, John John Florence can get to you, but let's say John John Florence got spat out of a tube of pipe and could not get to his feet. Is that considered a make? No. David? Definitely not. No, it's not okay. a make. No, no. But, but, I, but I think in the realm of recreational surfers, even though, um, you know, Eric is, is a far more elevated recreational surfer because he's the, he's the, the queen of um, pro surfing, then I think it is it's definitely a make. And uh, I think if, if any of us got spat out of a tube and um, kind of in this weird um, hogtie position. In our bottoms? In our bottoms. Would you, would, would you, would, would you call it a make if you got, if you, pers- if you got in Bondi, blasted out you were in deep you got blasted out on your bottom pumped a fist and rolled off would you would you count it a make personally oh fuck if i pump my fist i, I hope someone would drown me <laughs> I, hope to, I hope to be a vacationing bra boy who would grab me by the neck and fucking drown me if i claimed if i ever claimed anything you never claimed a wave Derek. um never i mean it's a hard thing never say never but i can't remember ever, ever claiming I don't think I've ever done anything good in a wave. So if I, if I, if I, maybe if I do in the future, something good happens. I don't think I've ever claimed. I've always, I always finish a wave very sad, very depressed. What about a subtle non-claim claim? You must have, must have some little. Oh, I've got this. I've got this weird fucking twitch. Yeah. Sometimes I'll take off and um, my feet are in the wrong spot, and I'll do that kind of hipster thing where you kind of surf backwards and sort of look backwards and shit. Oh, it's so fucking bad. Oh, it's just <laughs> a, a myriad of awful gestures and. Uh, Thanks, but that's a shit kind of a business. <laughs> kind of a kind of a business, Steve. Hey, Steve, tell so tell us about the uh, the Great White situation up in uh, Lennox at the moment, because I think the other time I spoke to you, that they'd, they'd um, caught and tagged three hundred and thirty three Great Whites, <laughs> and um, and when I was looking through some of your stories the other day, I found something you'd written about how the the height of the shark attack crisis two thousand and fifteen sixteen. Um, people were, um, uh, parents were getting their kids to strap diving knives to their calves, ready for hand-to-hand combat. With yeah, ones. yeah. Yeah, no, it was actually the parents, the surf, the surf dads were, were going out with their little, you know, sprogs with the ready to go hand-to-hand on behalf of their kids. If the white approached, you know, if you had enough time, of course, to paddle up. They're not known for their, their subtle approaches, are they? No, exactly. It's not like they're you know, you get much warning, but I guess maybe you would. You sort of see your kid getting bitten in half and you paddle over with the knife and say, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. A person going, this is a great way to take my child. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Pulls his knife out of his calf and just <laughs> paddles on. Eh, eh, eh. I, just kind of, I just can't imagine it happening like that. No, Steve. Yeah, no. I don't think it's, it was more of a symbolic gesture, I think. Have, I you, have you ever... Have you ever paddled out with a knife, Steve? No. Would you? Uh, I just don't see if you'd really... Would you? I mean, say it comes and grabs you, you got to sort of like, you got to pull the knife out and you got to... And what if the shark gets the knife? Yeah, exactly. It's a a damn good look though, as, I mean, James Bond with a knife on the leg, scuba diving. I don't think any man has ever looked bad with a knife attached to his leg. Eric? It, um, you know what look, really looks really good apart from knives and legs is those zip front wetsuits on, on ladies. Exactly. Yeah. going to stick out a little bit. I mean, oh, stinking, speaking of scuba diving and knives and buzzies, 
uh, I was just out diving in Catalina. When did diving turn into the kookiest? I mean, not kooky. It's worse than that. It's like the fat person, horrible activity to do. I feel James Bond really, and Jacques Cousteau too. Every, it was like sexy French, smoky, mm. da, 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 scuba dive. Yeah. And then all, now it's just fat people. What happened to scuba diving? It's funny. I think, I think it was always like that, but there was always these sort of people on the fringe or the, at the very point of the scuba diving pyramid who made it really cool. Did you ever see Jacques Cousteau's Silence of the World? Completely. It's beautiful. And then when they dynamited all the fish? They look epic though doing, I mean, the whole thing is an epic, every part of it is epic, right? It's beautiful. And, and they're, you know, they're all really, there's no sunscreen on the boat. No. White shorts, they're red caps. You know, a, a dolphin comes along, they'll fucking spear a whale. I think they spear a whale in Silence of the World. They dynamite yeah. fish. A shark comes along, like gaffing all the sharks. It's um, a glorious time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about your great white experience on, on the boat, boat, boat ride home from Catalina, Chess? I mean, it was the crazy biggest fin I've ever seen in my life. Like just hanging out on the back of the boat and there it is just lazily. And it was a good, I don't know, two feet above the water, which I don't know I've, that I've seen that many, but I feel a two feet of fin above the water uh, is like 20 feet of shark. Yeah. Steve would know better than me. Yeah, Steve yeah. Would know. That's got to be a 15 footer. Yeah, Plus. it was. It was a big, for sure, a big, I mean, it was a ton of fin. And two feet, I'm not exaggerating. That is two feet Hawaiian, maybe even. Like, uh, it was proper big. And just thinking, oh, man, this is it. They are, they are taking back their territory in the coronavirus era. And what did you feel when you saw it? Was, did you feel honored that you got to see this magnificent animal in the wild? I mean, it was all fine and good. The problem was going out, thankfully, there was no swell, but we were going out to Catalina, we ended up scuba diving only, but you know, we were gonna go out and surf backside of Catalina. Uh, for the first time in my life, I had in the back of my mind, we're gonna get eaten if we surf. Like there's, there's so much shark stuff happening and the Channel Islands here are just, I mean, ripe with them. And in the coronavirus era, I think they're just waiting to munch coronavirus peoples. <laughs> I've never, I've never thought about it. Of all my time in Oregon and serving, surfing Northern California and everywhere, I've never once thought I'm going to paddle out and get bitten. This time, I thought if we paddle out, somebody's getting bitten. And you felt cool. You got a scuba diving ticket. Did I do what? Have you got your ticket? You got a scuba diving ticket. You're a diver. I'm a diver. I'm a, not only my. I'm a, I have my advanced open water <laughs> certification. I am. Yeah, I went back for seconds and got my night diving and wreck diving badge. Wow. How'd yeah. that come about? James Bond. What? I thought it was so damn sexy that forever goes funny going to get tanks this time because in the States, you can only get tanks if you have your patty or whatever certification. Uh, and so I went in and I clearly don't have my card. And he said, okay, what's your name and what's your birthday and gave it to him. And looked it up, popped up like that from 98 is when I got my initial certification. So apparently it doesn't go out of fashion. Yeah. Have you got one, Derek? No, I've never had any desire to scuba dive. Yeah. What? Do you, Steve, do you? I, <laughs> I had got hired to do, as, as an underwater cameraman, to do this stunt shot, right? Where I was going to get sunk in a car in a lake to sort of simulate a woman who was committing suicide by driving a car into a lake. 
and the for the insurance they said oh you need to you know you're obviously you're you know you got your certification your dive certificate and i went yeah 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 and then i went no i don't so i went to one of the dive shops in byron and said oh look i'm, I'm you know i'm a certified diver but i've lost my ticket i got it in thailand and and they said oh well you'll need to come and do a one day like refresher course and we're going to take you out and do a 12 meter open water dive so i went along the next day i didn't even know where the tanks went or anything and this guy was just strapped me in and we've gone off the side of the boat like i didn't know anything and we went straight down did a 12 meter dive it's pretty freaky it's epic derek how, how do you have no interest diving oh. is on i forgot how fun it is it is one of the greatest things you can do I like free diving. I like um, swimming around and diving down and um, screw that. Yeah. It's so much better when you can breathe down there. But I don't, I don't know because I lived on the Gold Coast for so long. Whenever I drive around a D bar, see all the people learning to dive, and it was they're so, terrible people. So deeply unsexy. Yeah. And kind of staggering around with all their shit. Like, Fuck! Yeah. What a kooky sport that is. Yeah. It, I mean, it's the it but just just go watch him Cousteau. Watch what's the James Bond one where it's all they're fighting with their spear guns underwater with their scuba gear. Dr. No. One, I want to say Dr. Dr. No. no, exactly. Dr. No, watch Dr. No, Jacques Cousteau, and then block everything else out. Go get your cert and start diving with that in your the, mind. Can you get those Jacques Cousteau um, amazing um, backpack uh, tanks? Sure, you can, you can do, get whatever you want. And wear little white pants and a, and a fucking, those cool 70s, or no, 1950s kind of masks. All of it. You can do anything you want. There's no stopping once you get your certification. <laughs> once you... <laughs> You gotta be, uh, so go along and fake it like I did, Derek. It's really fun. That too. The only bummer is you can't get. It's hard to get tanks when you're faking. Like yeah. it's hard to get people to rent your tanks. Yeah. No, don't fake it. Actually, you do need to do a little bit of a, a course. I, I had no idea. It was actually quite stressful. So what happened when you got um, when your car went off the ramp and then you went in the water? Near suicide thing. Oh, it was fucking gnarly. So I was sitting beside this North Sea diver who was the safety guy. And we're in the car, we're at the lake just north of Byron. It's a tea tree lake. So it's got no visibility whatsoever. There's great and healing they, properties though. Yeah, exactly. Gay beat. They weren't there. It was <laughs> too cold that day. And they put us on the back of a, of a tip truck. And then, so we were in the car, they'd taken the roof off the car and they tilted the thing and the car went straight in the water. And how long do you reckon that car took to sink? Uh, how deep was it? The, the, the lake was, um, 15 meters deep. Jesus. I reckon five seconds. Yeah. It wasn't even five seconds. That car hit the to, water and then all of a sudden, we, bang, we're at the bottom of the lake. Were you having to clear the whole time down? We just, we had a little oxygen hose, right? And we were supposed to, I was supposed to wait for this signal from the, from the safety guy. And then we were going to swim out and I'm sitting there. We're at the bottom of this lake just, and, and the car was like that. It's, it didn't flip, but we were like facing down. You could not see a thing. It was blacker than the blackest night. And then we didn't hear anything. And then all of a sudden I felt the car moving and they winched us back up again because the car didn't sit straight. I don't know. It was, a, it was yeah, it was fucking frightening. Did they have to do it again? We did it about 50 times. <laughs> <laughs> did, it, did it get fun after a while? Here we go. <laughs> it did. It sort of got relaxing, but the water was about four degrees. It was really, really cold. So we just... I thought, oh, we got the shot, and they go, just kept doing it, just bang, bang, bang. Did you, did you have said, to, um, the Benz thing? Isn't there, a, isn't there a Benz thing if you come up too fast? No. 
Oh, not at 15. Not from that depth, yeah. Right, if I can jar Christophe. Uh, <laughs> no, no, not at 15. Uh, uh, when you're about 100. Uh, yeah, yeah well, 120. You're no problem. <laughs> yeah. So was it a movie, Steve? Was it a television show? It was a television show, yeah. It was called East of Everything. It was a, it was a um, ABC 10-part drama. Was it, was, it a, was it a sequel to East of Eden? Was that a, they went East it of was, Eden? Um, that was you, you probably wouldn't know it, Chaz, but Derek would know there's a show called Sea Change. You remember Sea Change, Derek? I remember Sea Change. Yeah, it was, the, it was all the people who'd made that. This was their, like, their next project. So in the uh, in the um, in the TV episode is the girl sort of driving in the car, all fucking sad and crying and commit suicide. She's all honey blonde and tan, and then suddenly the second before it goes over the cliff, it turns into a to a silver headed man with a Borsalino clap. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if the shot made the final cut. I don't know if it did. Isn't it, isn't it amazing in film how few things make the cut? Yeah. It's crazy. A friend of mine made a movie with uh, Guy Pearce and, and a whole bunch of stars about drug dealing in um, South Australia and tuna fishing boats and all that sort of shit. Just didn't get released. I spent all this money, major stars and shit. Great Guy story. Pierce sure, Guy, Guy Pearce sure didn't go south. <laughs> yeah. But that's exactly what happened to Guy Pearce's career right there. Just a big bout of silence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're so good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, have you seen, have either of you seen Lauro? Lauro, Joe Lawrence. No, Lauro, the, uh, it's about uh, Silvio Berlusconi. No, is it good? Oh my goodness, Derek. Yeah. Oh, Paolo Sorrentino. Exactly. Have you seen it? No, I'm going to. Oh, uh, uh, it's, yeah. yeah. I, I won't say, I won't say a word about it. Just watch it. Lauro. Yeah, Lauro, L-O-R-O. Well, do you like Paolo Sorrentino? Is it Sorrentino or Sorrentino? I think it's Sorrentino. Because Chaz got me onto the young Pope and then the new Pope and um, that just stole that three weeks of my life. Oh, I've got to check yeah. that out. Uh, and, yeah. I'm not sure if your net connection could fucking handle it though, man. No, it's just, <laughs> it's this is the NBN. This is supposed to be the improvement. Yeah, well, this is, this is Lab's $70 billion plan to slow down the internet in Australia. Yeah. Hey, I've got a, good, a couple, couple more things before we go. A uh, big story this week was the um, was, uh, Slater fans on Instagram turning on Beach Grit. Yeah. And some, there's some very good comments here. Uh, Chess, so Chess posted a story saying that um, the gods had um, um, didn't smile upon Kelly uh, during the big Sydney swell because yeah. he, he blocked uh, Beach Grit from his socials. So they snapped his surfboard and publicly shamed him. Some of the comments were really nice. Uh, you're hanging shit on the greatest sportsman of all time and your page is absolute rubbish. You sound like a bunch of petulant children. Uh, Mommy, Slater unfollowed me. I'm going to make fun of him while he's struggling so people will like me. Seriously. Uh, Beach Grip, what kind of undesirable human being are you? This is a fucking IG account. Grow up. Um, yeah, you Muppets, you just lost another follower. Not funny, not witty, not anything at all, really. 100% would bet whoever, whoever is behind the keyboard on this one would line up in a heartbeat to ask his autograph. Horrible article. Lost my time reading this bullshit. He's a legend of surf. While surfing, we are dealing with uncontrolled condition. This can happen with anything else, anyone else. Please read more books, study a bit more, and write interesting articles. So, Chaz, what yeah. prompted the outpouring? It's love it. I mean, the funny thing is, I used to think, oh yeah, I'm getting people mad. That's funny. These days, I realize for every one person who unfollows, 
there's also three other people who are, who are unfollowing and or checking out of the personal brand where you realize, oh man, at, at some point, I will be able to exacerbate enough people where, no, there's no awesome, like back in the day for BeachGrid, I would have thought, okay, we do something fun, lose a bunch of people, you know, rile people up, and then you win fans by being, by being an iconoclast or whatever. Now I fully understood, no, those people go and they take a bunch more people with them. And eventually, if we play our cards right, we can get down to five people, <laughs> literally five, five people who are also on the fence about leaving. Which, yeah, so I think Instagram's a dying medium, huh? Is it? I mean, I think so. Oh, I think, I think Instagram's dead. I mean, no, none of the kids are on it. Like, yeah. n- not that I know what the kids are on, but at least I can look over the shoulder of 18-year-old daughter and 7-year-old daughter, and neither of them touch Instagram. Like TikTok, huh? What? Yeah. TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. They'll do TikTok or whatever. Like, I don't even know what they're... I think social media is a wrap, to be honest. I think the... Next next gen- generation doesn't even care about social media full stop. I don't even know what they'll do, but I don't think it's going to be social. It's our version of, like, I think social media is going to get tossed into the time capsule of this is what old people did. Like, yeah, just like ragtime jazz. And <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, meanwhile uh, websites based on essays, long essays. Yeah. <laughs> with the nod to Russian literature, I got a saw. <laughs> we're, we're the real futurists here. <clears throat> Hey, hey, before we go there, I want to finish with your uh, go-to surf clips when you want to get psyched. So I've, I've, I've got two at the moment. So um, chapter 11 is my big one. Specifically, um, Reynolds' little profile movie on the Israeli Olympian, Aidan Osborne. I love watching that. And little Jackie Dawes at BSR. I mean, and I always find that if there's enough rawness in someone surfing, um, it gives me kind of hope that I can kind of decode it a little bit and actually replicate some... I mean, this is fucking complete delusion. But repl- replicate some small, small part of that, um, that, that surfing. So for me, yeah, Aton Osborne, Chapter 11, and uh, Jackie Dawes, BSR. What about you, Chaz? I've got one for you. My go-to for years and years and years and years is sold from the Bruce movie, Bruce Irons packing his YMA shore break. Uh, remember that clip? Like, the uh, where he... That was Bruce, right? It wasn't Andy. It was Bruce. They, they, both, they both go shorty tubes at uh, one. They do, but I think, but I think it was Bruce's that I, Bruce was knock kneed in his right. He was knees in. His stance on that thing, I always think if I could replicate, not that like, but whatever is happening there, like the full commitment to a horrible situation, functional but epic looking. If I could somehow figure that out in the rest of my surfing then I will be iconic because I'm never going to be able to do anything great. But if I can do something that's so bizarre and committed that it looks good, then maybe that's, that's my go. <laughs> yeah. Bruce Irons, why am I a shore break? <laughs> you, so you watch that and then you take your mid length down to seaside and it's um, one foot. And it's, but it's basically the same, right? I mean, Bruce is on less guns are glorified mid lengths. That's all they are. And True. so I'm, I'm on my gun. I'm going to start just calling it a gun, a mini gun. I'm on my minigun. <laughs> Just, yeah, getting tubed. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. I've never been... I, I rip now on that thing. I properly surf good. I can do big old cutbacks, wraps, everything. I was just waiting for the mid. For How the big is it? You claiming this shit? 6'9". Yeah, I'm good. Come watch me surf, everybody. I'm not even nine. embarrassed anymore. <laughs> so, like, But I'm 6'4", 
four ish, right? So it's barely over my head. It's like still short ish. You're the, you're the Scotty Pippen of surf media, huh? I am. I'm just <laughs> so I am. Hey Charlie, did you know I've actually got a um a secret movie coming out with you that you're going to be starring in? And it's going. To, it's not. It's going to be filming anytime. We're going to come grab you from your house. And surf. And surf. Yep. Yep. Sweet. Good. It's a good thing I ripped now. I've been plotting this behind the scenes. And it's probably in sometime in the next three weeks, you'll be called up to film one day. I, I would have been embarrassed, except now I properly rip. Yesterday, I did a nice foam bash. So I'm ready to go. Yeah. One, one foam bash, maybe another foam bash. Pretty soon. Foam bashing <laughs> everywhere. Foam bashing all the way to the beach. Really? I'm surfing now. Look at me, Mr. Foam Bash. What about you, Stevie? What do you got? Uh, I always go back to this um, Clay Marzo clip um, that was shot by Trax Mag on their board tests in Indo. And it's just this one clip of him riding, I don't know, this eight foot wave. And I think it's shot in the Telos. And um, yeah, it's just, he's just doing this incredible sort of, he's almost like kneeboarding. And then when he does his backside tube riding and it's just like, it just warps my mind. And I just think, fuck, how could I do that? I wish I could figure that out. But he just, I don't know, it's just mind-blowing. Are you, you a Clay Marzo fan? Yeah, he's a, he's a, I wouldn't say I'm a fan because I'm a fan of No Man, but um, yeah. Yeah, he's, a, he's a fucking freak of a surfer. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know, I just watch it sort of like repetitively to try and sort of see if I can get something out of it. But I can't. Like, I just can't get it, but... Yeah, it's half of those pretty natural talents because they're they're so good and so instinctive. That's what why I need a bit of rawness. In yeah, the clips I watch, so there's something to, I can get my hooks into. But if yeah. someone's so good and so complete, you know, whether it's you know Kelly or Julian or, or one of those guys, I just I just can't relate. But this technique, it seems so distinctive. It seems like you should be able to sort of copy it and figure it out. Like you think, okay, what he's doing there is something that you should be able to copy and figure out but i've never seen anyone else do it elo eric yeah. at, um, Surf Ranch. Uh, yeah I, it feels very marlo i mean that's what i was thinking when well, maybe that's where elo got it from maybe yeah, it's just it's Marzo Marzo Marzo. mark two yeah. what beautiful that's symmetry the the grotesque tube riding of eric logan at surf ranch <laughs> morphs into clay marzo in indonesia morphs into <laughs> steve shearer and lennox head <laughs> so what do you think elo's going to come up with in two days time um, oh, that's funny. I read that in your story that in four days, so in your story two days ago about the wave pools, you spoke about in four days' time, Elo's going to make a big announcement. I didn't even know there was a big yeah. announcement. So what yeah. is happening in two days' time, Stu? Well, I mean, he said when the last time he spoke to us, he said that the next call was going to be June the 1st, and that's when he was going to release the details of the restructured tour and what's happening this year. And so he's going to have to come up with something. Well, I hope he's listening to this because he's probably forgotten all about it. <laughs> 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 Jazz, you're on the uh, you you text uh, Elo a little bit. I do. You want to ask him? Can you send a little text now? Yeah. Ask him what he's got cooking. What's uh, so was he? I can't even remember. He was supposed to have something on next call June one. Okay. Has uh, he got something for us? Can I just say I was on the I was on a call with the the power at the WSL yesterday, and he did say that. He was talking about the media upcoming schedule and he did say about the uh, upcoming events. And I sort of stopped him and said, oh, but aren't there no events? And he didn't, now that you guys mentioned it, he sort of backtracked and, but didn't say there weren't going to be no events for the rest of the year. 
Is that the big? Is that the big reveal? Is that professional surfing is finished? Uh, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be a wave pool event. Yeah, it's clearly gonna be a surfer. I think we ran ran that rumor. But yeah. I funny we ran the rumor, but I buried it in the headline. I got too excited and did a long shit headline. Isn't that the worst? When I mean, I do that all the time. Like, and when you realize after, oh wait, that was the, actually the story. And yeah. it was funny though because yeah. with the analytics, with the the traffic on a, on a thing, if you do a long headline and it works, you got fucking genius. With a long headline and it worked, and I yep. buried. But then when it doesn't work, you get stars at long headline. Yep. You've got the best headlines, dude. I'm trying to arrange um, some <laughs> interviews with a few professional surfers and through their various handlers, they were complaining about how much media obligation they'd had with the upcoming wave pool events. And they sort of, the way they said it to us was like, we should know about it. But then that's what that, where that rumor sparred from. So right. yeah, professional surfers have done some interviews and some all this behind the scenes stuff with the WSL. Yeah. apparently an upcoming wave pool series but that was what was that the wave pool series yeah yeah, yeah. hey Chase, so, so what it's uh, tell me you what would what, what you write to elo i said hi on podcast and you telegraphed that there's an announcement on june 1st can you give a hint as to what it will be feels straightforward any any dings back yet mate the last I, I was just looking on friday may 15th i te- texted i hear philippe prepping for lamore event very exciting when is it no response to that. Yeah. Uh, the last one I got from him was an LOL, except he used two L, two O's. So I don't know what that was supposed to mean. It was capital L-O-O-L. Lul. So, <laughs> so, so oh, that was when I asked him if he surfed his board with five fins. And he gave me a lul. So maybe that was a tacit, maybe, yes, I do. Maybe L-O-O-L is like code for five fins. Hey, you got to send him another text just to about his tube riding. Did he get it from Clay Marzo, Indonesia? Oh, yeah. Also, did you get tube stance from Clay? Do you think he knows who Clay Marzo is? No, it's pre-2014. Marzo. 17, 18. In when, did, when did he split? Oprah, 18? 2018? Okay, there we go. Delivered. So his phone is not on it. He's not flying anywhere. He's not on an airplane mode, but we'll see if I get a response. All right, let's, let's talk about it next week. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks, Charlie. Thanks, Dave. You're welcome, Dave. So wonderful to see you both.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.